Test again. Yeah, test again. Here we are. We never learn. There we go. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, right, okay. Uh, preamble. Um, welcome to the Oncast. Um, it's Grand Rewatch. Um, I'm Dom, he's Tom. Yep. Um, we just got back from watching Aquaman. <clears throat> let's, get, let's give it a bit more vim and vigour. No, let's not. It doesn't let's, fucking deserve it. Let's give it. it the old... No, it doesn't deserve it. I can't college be try. I can't be arsed. I just, I just spend what felt like six hours of my life <laughs> watching a two and a half hour movie. Um, I can't Hi, be arsed. Hi, everyone. <laughs> no, no, fuck them. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've got to do this for consistency. Okay, go on then. You do it. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Omcast Grand Rewatch. My name is Tom, and as one half of the Omcast, I'm joined by Dom. Say hello, mate. <laughs> so we now live in a world for the sequels, prequels, remakes, and reboots. And we understand that sometimes life gets in the way, and you're not always going to be able to catch up before a new one comes out. With that in mind, we're here to provide a weekly retrospective of some of the biggest franchises in cinema history, giving you a full spoiler rundown of each film in a series, including plot summaries, analysis, and behind-the-scenes trivia. This week, we finish our Aquaman Grand Rewatch by watching Aquaman, which came out in the cinema today, and we saw Aquaman. So, yeah. Did we? We did. I'm just so tired. I'm just, like, aren't DC tired? Don't you feel tired? Aren't you tired? Very tired. Do you know that was the, do you know I just looked it up. Do you know the difference in the running time between that and Infinity War? Right. Six minutes. Infinity War was six minutes longer than Aquaman. Jesus. And think how many characters and how many different things they had to balance in there and how entertaining it was <coughs> in comparison to that. Like, I don't Fuck me. So uh, I mean like yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> I mean the reason we we like this is yeah, it's it feels quite late at night. It's Wednesday night. This is just the movie's just come out, and we've literally just come back from the cinema. We haven't spoken to each other about it yet. No, nope. we've been in dead silence, just stunned silence, waiting to get the mic set up. And now yeah. we're going to talk about it. So go. What are you thinking? What? Uh, so my my initial reaction when mm. that film finished, and I and I remember audibly saying it, and I think I alienated the man who sat next to us. Yeah, and I said that was long. Fuck me, that was long, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it was. It felt so long. That's the thing, that's the problem with it. And you know it's not it's it's a bad sign when you start thinking sort of three quarters of the way through crisis still going on. Yeah. So if you've been listening along with us, you'll know that in our last episode we watched Justice League in preparation to watch Aquaman, which was released today. Literally today, yeah. Okay. So it's Wednesday twelfth. December, mm-hmm. it's very late at night. Mm-hmm. We're we're both a bit perplexed. We're both a bit tired, and yeah. So we've literally just got back from watching Aquaman. This is our like stream of consciousness response to this film. Yeah, I mean, if you if you listen to our um, our Creed two episodes, you'll have some idea about how we tend to do this. And like Tom said, it is a stream of consciousness. It's not something whereby we've been able to analyse the film in depth and write notes on it and all the rest of no. it. No. Because we were sat in the cinema with a bunch of other people um, and we paid money. 
um, money that I would like back. Um, yeah. I don't know. How do you feel? So it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, no. That was The Predator. Yeah, fuck that film. Oh, yeah, like, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. And there were some great moments in it, I, which we'll get into in a yeah, bit. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I will say we are probably going to sort of you know, tread into the realm of spoilers here. Yeah, but come on. You so if, you're, if you really are worried about spoilers, you know, go and watch the film and come back, listen to us then. But yeah, it's this... So principally the story is Aquaman, played by Jason Momoa, is on a paper-thin quest to save the, the world. surface world. Not the world, just the world. Save the world. But what he he's sort of brought into this to save the surface world from a war that his half-brother, King Orm, is going to wage by uniting the seven seas and all of the kingdoms so he can become the ocean master and take over. Yeah. That's principally the plot. Mm-hmm. In there, we've got a who's who cast. We've got... Uh, We've got an origin story. We've got an origin story of a villain. We've got another villain. We've got this grand epic army battle. We've got high fantasy. We've got science fiction. Don't forget we've got it. stuff that's leading up to a sequel. We've got stuff that they've, they've they've cut out from a sequel and put into this. Don't forget they've also um there was the whole like subplot I guess of the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark sort of tracking down the Yeah, there was that, this adventure. That was part. the whole thing in the middle of it. You could have almost made the whole film that. Could have. Rather than make it just a weird 45 minute bit in the middle. Yep. Uh but yeah, so um my initial reaction was I didn't hate it. It's not the worst thing I've seen. But I got very bored. Yeah. That's his cardinal sin. Is that I got bored? I got very bored. I got bored. Um, because yeah. there's so much going on. There's too much. Like, it's weird. Is that I get it. It's too It's well, We said it's very long, and but it still feels like everything's paper thin in a mm-hmm. weird way. It, it, yeah. Even though they they had two and a half hours to do all this stuff, it's everything's like. And they just—it's just badly written. Like, like I can't count. That. I think there must have been three or four times when they were having a scene and just ex- doing lots of exposition, and then the wall just exploded, and there was an action yeah. scene just started happening. Yeah, because they didn't know how to transition. They were like, um, and then the wall blows up, and someone turns up. It's like, it happened like three or four times. Yeah, they were just like, like finding the next part of the puzzle or the next bit of the quest. And then the bad guys turn out, oh, we're in an action sequence now. And but the that's one... the thing, like, like obviously you and I watch a lot of films together. You're quite a jumpy person when it comes to films. Mm. The first time it happened, you jumped. Yeah. The second time it happened, you jumped a little bit. The third, fourth, and probably fifth time it happened, you didn't move. No, because I just knew it was... I was like, this scene feels like it's coming to an end. I reckon that's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, it blew up. Yeah, <laughs> sure enough. It's, who is it? Black Manta. Okay, cool. Is he going to tell us who his, what his name is? Yeah, call me Black Manta. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, mate. Good costume. Yeah. But and, great costume. Although what I will say as well is that although it, that they transition poorly into each one of them, I will say that pretty much all the action sequences are pretty good. Yeah, they're all pretty solid. Like they're all solid. Like some of the there's hand to hand fighting in it, and then there's also the giant fucking battle at the end. 
and like some it's ridiculous CG, but that's exactly what you would expect from an Aquaman movie. Yeah. Um and there's just like the bit, yeah, so the final battle at the end, there's just there's moments where It's Attack of the Clones. Yeah, well, but like Aquaman is riding a fucking seahorse into battle in his comic accurate costume mm-hmm. with the trident commanding the seas. And it's like this is what I paid to see. This is what I expect from an Aquaman movie. Yeah. This is it. It's taking me like eight Two hours. hours. To, no, longer than that. <laughs> Much longer than that. I feel like I've done a full shift. It's mad. Um, like... Down the coal mine. Um, but, but like, and it's just, and it, what's annoying is that it just, they just spin their wheels. They just say the same thing over and over again. They just have the same conversation over and over again. About you're going to unite the two worlds, and you're the one, you're the true king, and it's, uh, you can be the king, but he's not the king. But you should be the one who's the true. And it's, just, and it's so much tell, not show. Yeah, they keep just telling him how he's the best. Yeah, why? Because you are. But why? Yeah, because he says so. So I have a thing about films nowadays where there's I I really don't like the in speech marks chosen one. Yeah stories anymore no it's the same as time travel i don't i don't understand because they're often just really contrived ways of getting out of explaining a proper plot or or going into further detail which could i think really either ground it or Mm. elevate it in a way that it makes it unique with this it's understandable but it's so leaned on heavily Mm. i think that's the problem is that yeah i know what you mean but i've got the same issue with the, the chosen one and what i like what I think it does is it underwrites your lead character and it means that the lead yeah. character, your hero that you're meant to get on board with, is the hero because they're the hero. That's it. Because they yeah. were they were bought you know, they've they got royal blood. Yeah, they've got royal blood and there's lineage and it's exact the main culprit of this is Star Wars. And that's one of the big things yeah. we both like about The Last Jedi is that mm-hmm. they decided not to do that with Rey. Yeah. And have it be not, oh, she's the son of whatever and therefore she can save the galaxy. Yeah. With this is inherent in the story. You have to do that, but there are ways around it, and they almost, almost they stumble upon it. And this is kind of a spoiler thing, I guess. But the idea being that one thing that is unique to him as a character is that he can talk to the animals. He can yep. talk to the creatures of the sea. Talk to fish. He can talk to fish. He can talk to whales, dolphins, yep. whatever, which no one else is able to do apart from like way back, whatever. And but they don't really get into that properly and they don't they should have explored that more that should have been a yeah. thing where he like he's the protector of the ocean he's the one who the rest of them just like saddle up on top of the shark and use it as a beast burden he understands the shark and can talk to the shark yeah that is your is your story that's your plot and that's how you then you make him endearing to the audience and that's how you make him go right no he is worthy this is how but they didn't do that no instead they just went look it's Jason Momoa. He's going to take his shirt off now. Yeah, and that was um, that was, and, that was oh, one look, of the things that bugged me. It's Amber Heard's boobs again, and it's so. As if you've listened to this, you you I have this whole thing about how women are portrayed in film, mm. and there are two women in this film, and both of them, both of them were really, really shallowly written, mm. and there were flashes of moments where Mira was like. Oh, she's really sort of kick-ass, and she can do this yeah, on but her they, own. They really overdo that. That they go, they like the music swells up, and it's all like, "Look how much of a badass she is!" Look! Yeah, and it's just and like... then it's it's either undercut or underwritten by a broy, 
lad quip from yeah. Jason Momoa, yeah. or she gets hit by something and he swoops in and saves her. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there was times when she saved herself and she sort of yeah, she didn't like the the fight sequence that happened in Sicily. She like she killed everyone with some wine. And she didn't, yeah, she didn't need saving at that point. No, yeah, good point. I don't think again, about and that. And again, at the, the fight at the end, she was just kicking ass, and I can't, I can't think of but, time. But the problem was, it was, it was King Nereus, so whatever his name is. Um, oh, what Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren's character was like, no, let her, leave her be. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, <clears throat> I like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. It's true. We've seen he's got the trident. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's true. You're the oh, lord. It's true. We saw it. That it's uninhabited. It's just one of them. It is this really strange thing. Oh. Like, like, so what? What? So right. <laughs> to allow me to lay this out on the table, there are a number of things that are very, very quickly thrown into this film. Mm. So there's his origin story yeah. that's briefly flashed through. There's Black Manta's origin story. Which is definitively shown to us. Yeah. There is the brotherhood rivalry that he has with Orm. Mm-hmm. And that's There's it... his quest to become king. There's his quest to become the rightful king and understand that he's not of this world and that he's just this mongrel thing. Yeah, there's the development of his relationship with Mira because it's confirmed. We speculated last week was that the first time they met in Justice League. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't even know her name in this one. Yeah, beginning of it. So they have to build that up, and that is like one of the big like comic book. It's like yeah. Lois Lane and Clark Kent. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They are supposed to be the yeah, big yeah. like it's the power MJ couple. to the Peter Parker. Yeah, they're power couple sort of. Yeah, they they and they do spend like yeah, this thing. I I liked that little bit in the middle, but they went off. And did their sort of quest thing. I, feel I like really, really enjoyed that bit, and I wanted that whole film. I to wanted be that there. to be the film. Yeah, exactly. But, but then again, yeah, like there are sequences, there are full sequences in it that I enjoyed. Like the fight, the fight between him and Orm was pretty good, um, and visually it looked cool. And then, yeah, and then, but then, yeah, the fight before the fight with him and Orm, there's that, there's another one of those little moments where they showed a bit of heart, yeah, and a little bit of character. It's when they were talking to one another. Just before they go on to have their big fight, because it's very reminiscent of the it's a challenge for the throne in front of the entire kingdom. Shark bait, ooh ha ha! Shark bait, ooh ha! Ring of fire, Willem Dafoe, everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's... So there's literally a thing in this. If you've seen Finding Nemo, you will understand the Ring of Fire reference <laughs> that the Willem Dafoe fish does to Nemo. That thing happens in this. There's a thing called a Ring of Fire where Aquaman has to fight King Orm. And it's somewhat arranged by Willem Dafoe. Yeah. So in the cinema, we rarely talk in the cinema. I turned to you and said, Shush, bait, ooh Shock bait, ooh The ring of fire. He said you could do it. The ring of fire. And I just couldn't stop laughing at that point. Like, did nobody think of that? Obviously not. Like, but just, uh, Willem Dafoe was phoning it in, wasn't he? Christ. Uh, like, but well, thing, it, was, it was a mixture of like like Willem Dafoe always brings this gravitas to anything that he does, yeah, and he always brings this because he's such a fantastic actor mm. that he can do stuff like it, where he has the range from Antichrist to Finding Nemo mm. and Boondock Saints, like Green Goblin, Green Goblin, yeah, like yeah. all of these different things. He's you know he can do Platoon, 
he can do fucking so much. Like the Life Aquatic. Yeah. With Steve Zissou. Like his character in that is fucking brilliant. Yeah. His character in the platoon is fucking brilliant. And in this, he just becomes this Willem Dafoe. He just, he's sort of wooden. He doesn't have a lot of like. Yeah, I don't know. There, there needs to be. He needs to bring more gravitas. More yeah. sort of. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I was surprised they didn't kill him off. I was basically what I wanted from him. I guess in terms of thinking about it, in terms of DC movies, was to kind of be like um, Russell Crowe in Man of Steel. Yeah, because he he was one of the best things about Man of Steel. He was really good as Jor-El. Yeah, and he brought that gravitas to it, which that film sorely needed. And so, and so yeah. same with um, Michael uh, Shannon. And but and say what you were about um, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, I think, did the best he could with what he was given. I guess right. So Patrick Wilson seemed to be in a very very different film to the one that Jason Momoa was in. Really? Like, yeah, because Patrick Wilson was really giving it his all. Yeah. And was really going for the high fantasy aspect. He doesn't know how to do anything else. Patrick Wilson. And then it felt like any scene that he was in with Momoa up until probably three quarters of the way through the film Mm. was just constantly subverted by some bro quip. I don't know. I don't think there was that many bro quips as much as I can remember. Like there was plenty of bro quips. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it wasn't like there were times. Like again, I come back to that. I was going to say just now that conversation they had just before they were about to have a fight, and yeah. it gets real for a second. And he just goes, "Look, I really wanted to meet you. I wanted you to be my little brother." Yeah. And then that—that's when he drops all the bravado. And there are moments of that when he does drop it all, and yeah. that's when it the film works. And then what does don't... he follow that up with? Oh, but I didn't think you'd be such a dick. Yeah. And then the whole cinema yeah, giggled. That's, that's true, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Because you, and it's just undermining this. It's looking at the source material and going, we could do this really grand scale epic thing, and then we're going to go for a cheap laugh by making him call the king a dick. Yeah, but then, like, the other comparison I suppose you can make with it is, like, um, Ragnarok. Yeah. Ragnarok is almost exactly that. It is this grand scale, huge galactic end of the universe type thing, mm-hmm. but they undercut everything with a joke. Yeah. So what's but, the difference? Well, not really, because if you look at... So it's not to the same extent as... So in this, the whole film mm. is quite serious. What, Aquaman? You mean? Yeah. You're talking, right, uh, I guess so, Ragnarok yeah. is comedy from the very first moment that you open that film. It, you know it's going to be a comedy. Mm. You know, it's directed by a comedy writer. It's the first bit is him talking to a skeleton and yeah. then the skeleton does a, th- a funny thing. Yeah. And then there's Surtur, who's one of the biggest bads in all of Thor comics. And he makes jokes about his eyebrows. It's just jokes, jokes, jokes all yeah, the way yeah. through. There are some serious moments, but with this, it's the opposite way round. Yeah, it starts so. serious and then there's this subversion in there by making stupid jokes. And you just think, you've lost a little sense of a term that we've overused grossly since watching all the Rocky films, but there's a little... You've lost a little bit of the heart yeah. by pandering. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. And I that's the thing. Like, If I'm thinking back over this film, mm. I'm remembering moments where they're like, oh, there's that bit in the, the underground temple. And there's the bit in the plane. And then there's this bit, and there's this bit. like... But it's so long. Yeah. And there's so much in it. I was just, I got bored and I got tired by the end of it. And then the final battle, I just didn't care. Yeah. And I was like, no, he's going to win because I've seen all these publicity shots from the trailers. Yeah. 
the the bit that ruined it for me, I think, is is what quite often ruins films a little bit for me is breaking the hype by seeing something like like when we saw the reveal of the comic book accurate costume. Yeah, because it, we'd seen it so many times in the trailer that by the time it mm-hmm. happens in the movie, and it's meant to be this publicity steals, yeah. everything we've seen it, and um, then it's supposed to be this amazing moment, and we've already seen it. And it's same, it. same with a lot of it because they did release a lot of this movie, and I mm-hmm. think it's because they have to sell the shit out of it because they know how damaged yeah. this brand is. So they released there was that five minute trailer, wasn't there? Yeah, um, that gave loads and loads of stuff. So it, you're right; it's definitely suffered from that. Um, but it doesn't mean it looks any less good because, like, when he is wearing that suit, it looks awesome. Oh, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. And it's like, yes, like, just hurry up and get to this. Like, this yeah. is what I've wanted from the, from the beginning. So now I'm already thinking, like, Ackman 2 can get rid of all that shit. Just get on with it. Yeah. Um, but which is inevitable. I think but it's going to do well. And they've said, like, you know, in terms of money, money wise, it's going to do really well. So they're already talking about Ackman 2. Yeah. And it's um, like broken box office records in China. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason. I mean, it's yeah, it's like I say, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's, it's not probably. I reckon if you're talking about the DC extended universe, number three for me. Okay, so behind Wonder Woman and Man of Steel, but only just with Man of Steel. There's not much in it. Yeah, the only thing I'd say with Man yeah. of Steel is the the supporting cast is what and they get more to better they're better used in Man of Steel than they are in this yeah in this there's a great supporting cast like Nicole Kidman and all the rest of it but like you say a lot of their characters are very underwritten um yeah and that's the thing like like I don't want to neglect the rest of the cast in here because like you say there are people like Nicole Kidman Willem Dafoe you know Patrick Wilson um also I, I can't but also I, Tamara Morrison's in yeah he's and he's good and he's although, great, but he's grossly underused. The only problem I do have as well, though, is that they, they try and do the de-aging thing, and it doesn't work particularly well, does it? No. It's the, I don't know if they, they're they clearly not using the same guys that Marvel use for um, Ant-Man. No. Like, it looks quite good or on Willem Dafoe. Yeah. But not so much on Tamara Morrison. Well, I think Apparently might... Nicole Kidman isn't just entirely ageless. No, that's just what she looks like. Exactly. Something that's weird. <laughs> um... Yeah, and like you said, and like the action sequences, like there's some quite cool like camera work and stuff done where it's all like they make it look like a one like that fight with Nicole Kidman right yeah. towards the beginning. Yeah. There's that, and then the whole way they shoot the fight in Sicily as well, where they're sort of cutting between the two, is really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not. I've seen that in the trailer again. Yeah, they showed almost that entire sequence in the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I say, it's not a complete write off. It's better than Venom. it's better than the Predator yeah Um, there are you know know when you're at school and you do so this is literally I had this much free time in this film I was like (laughs) you had free time in the film what could I compare this to when we're talking about it on the recording later yeah and so you know when you're at school or college or university and you start a project Mm mm-hmm and there are all these great plans that you've got laid out. And you're like, right, I could put X in there. I could put Y in there. I could put Z in there. I could put this in there as well. And you start out and you're really hopeful. And you're sort of going, right, okay, this is. I can put this in. This will be quite interesting. And you go, fuck, my deadline's tomorrow. 
So you just shove it all in there mm-hmm. and just hope it all works. Yeah. That's what this film has done. Yeah, 100%. 100%. This and film like, would have been could have been better and as much as and as much as um Black Manta was incredible and looked fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like absolute hats off to the practical effects guys for that. Oh yeah. But he was just really underused and like he had an origin story in there which had a slight bit of character arc to Jason Momoa. That's what, to, to Aquaman that's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought like the opening sequence on that on that submarine, I thought was really good. And I was like set up for this to be really good. I was like, yeah. that was a really good action sequence. I can see where they're going with this with his character arc straight away because yeah. he's got right. He's gonna do what he does, and then yeah. he's gonna be, he's gonna come around. And I thought right, they've set themselves up really well, and then it all just gets so convoluted and so yeah. Because I think it just the gets big, bogged down. I think by... the biggest thing that bogs it down is this whole the subplot about Atlantis and uniting all the different armies. Yeah, and there's like there's seven different sea kingdoms, and they all look different, and they all but we have to go around to each one and explain what we got. Then you've got to fight one of them, and then we got it's just like fuck. It's no, too much. Like, there are seven, apart from two have gone now. So now there's five, and one joined up with us really quickly. One ended up in the desert, and then the other ones we're going to bully into and, joining like, us. That is just like it, it. So much of it is dedicated to that. That should have been dedicated yeah. to developing Arthur as a character, yeah. or or anything else. But like, yeah. I know, I know, I get, I get the issue there. Is like, I was like, why isn't this across two films? Mm. Why isn't Orm's rise to power across two films? Yeah. It's because they don't know if they're going to get another one. No. They don't know what's going to happen. No, they don't. But then, like, the other one, in terms of comparing and that, we can't help but compare it to Marvel movies. But the, no. one, the thing that I'm going to, that I think of as well is the first, the first Thor movie. Yeah. That was one hour, I just looked it up, it was one hour, 55 minutes. Yeah. Think how much they accomplished in that movie. Yeah. So they set up Loki, they set up, um, Thor, they set up Asgard, they set up Jodenheim, they set up all this mythology, all this yeah. background, and they grounded it and set up, um, you know, Natalie Portman's character and Kat Dennings and all that. Yeah, they brought and, in the Destroyer. And they, Eric yeah. Selvig was in there. Yeah, they did. They all... introduced magic. Yep. Yeah. And but... they did that in you know in less than two hours. They achieved that. Yeah. And they made you like Thor and understand that he had a character arc. He yeah. Learned humility, came through at the end. Perfect. Great. Why couldn't they have done the same? Followed the same model on this one. No they tried to pack in so much. Yeah, but there there are like weird bits as well, like the music. The the music, like some oh. of the music is amazing. Oh, the music, the score is great. Like the like, yeah, like the score. But then there are bits where they play like crap pop music or something like. Oh, fucking hell! So and you mind you come crashing down. And remember that James Wan has directed a couple of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, and there's one where it, there was a version of Toto. Africa, which was fucking excruciating to listen to. I was like, what is this? Why is this happening? It's just like, oh, God, it's the worst. And then there's another bit where it's Black Manta like putting his suit together, and for some reason it's got some shitty like fucking rap. So, is it rap? I don't know. I can't even remember. No, it's not. It's like, like it had weird. All I know is it had lyrics. Like, music in movies shouldn't usually have lyrics. Like, not anymore. No, like, it's just in... this weird music that's played over the top of this person that's supposed to be a really intimidating character that's on a mission of vengeance where you're like, you know what? Fuck you, Aquaman. Like, yeah. what you did there, like, yeah. total dick move. Oh, yeah, big time. So you're like, I understand why he's coming after him. Yeah. 
but then you play this music over the top and he's like, oh, I think I need a bigger helmet. And you're like, ha, <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, they just don't, they don't get it, do they? They don't get it. They don't get how to, they, they can't understand the difference between taking it seriously and being too serious. Yeah. They can't find that balance. Like you compare, again, you get, Compare that moment, that whole sequence with him like putting his suit together to like Zemo confronting the the um a, the Hydra agent yeah. and drowning him. Yeah, like that is a really dark, serious moment in a Marvel movie, and it's mm-hmm. like now they're not all fun and kids and like and all like quippy, quippy, quippy. They but, do do that, but they have to have little moments like that to to give a bit of yeah sub substance to it. But DC seems to think that. that they can't have that because people will moan about it being too dark, so they have to tag everything with the joke. Yeah, they're, they're so paranoid about like The obvious comparison to that is when somebody is making something to take down the hero, mm. when you see something in... And we, we're going to continue to make these comparisons because they are rivals in the comic book world. You can't help it. You can't help it. It's impossible not to make comparisons. But when you look at, as much as Iron Man 2 is a bit of a flawed film, yeah, yeah. you see Whiplash, and he's this really intimidating character that's got pretty much the same arc. Yeah. You know, he's he's the sins of the father, yeah, and he's, he's getting and he's, revenge. And he's going after him, and, but they don't play it for laughs at any point when he's no. building the suit. Yeah, it's a good point. And he's yeah. got a couple of joke moments that do kind of fall flat. But in this, it's just so shockingly out of character. Mm-hmm. That you're like, oh, okay. So they've they've got one note, which is make it light and make it funny, and that trumps all else, whether it mm. serves the character or serves. That's that's max of studio interference to me. Yeah, yeah, big time. And, and that, they, they should really be learning their lesson. No, they can't. They they can't do it. They can't learn the lesson. This has proved to me once and for all now, right? With DC, the question going into a DC movie from now on is no longer. Will this be a good one? Can can this be a good one? The question now is, how are they going to fuck this up? Yeah, that's it. It's not they're going to fuck it up. That's a given. But how? <laughs> yeah. So Shazam, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to fuck it up. I don't. And I'm, I'm not worried about seeing Shazam. No, look, no, I no. Again, like going with that mindset, going with a different mindset in terms of, I have no, I have no expectations that it will be good in any way. All I think is going to happen is they're going to fuck it up somehow. And I'm curious as to see how. That's it. Like, it's, that, it's like we were going to go and see the Fast and Furious movies. I don't watch it because I think it's going to be good. Do you know what I mean? I watch yeah. it out because I think it's funny. And it's ridiculous that the people take this seriously. And and that's the that's how now I have to approach DC the movies. The irony watch. Yeah. That's yeah. how I have to watch DC movies. It's like the, the Meg. We went to go and see the Meg. We had a great time. <laughs> we had a great time watching the Meg. But at no point did I think it was like best film of the year or anything. Yeah. And I'm going to sort of say similarly to the Meg with this. I went to see it. I didn't hate it. The Meg, admittedly, I had a lot more fun with the Meg. But I don't think I'm ever going to watch Aquaman again. Nah. I don't think I need to. Because like the bits that I really liked, I'm going to remember... And unless they make it like a stripped back, well, actually, yeah, yeah, you're not really going to be able to do it. I was going to say if they make it a stripped back Black Manta versus Aquaman film, but they're not going to be able to do that because he's already beaten him. No, yeah, that's that ship sailed, isn't it? So, um, and like I'm, I'm genuinely, I know we sound really negative on this, but the problem is, is that we're both 
I believe I speak for you as well and saying I'm quite disappointed. Yeah, I'm not disappointed. I'm not... Because <sighs> I thought, you know, this is going to be... You know, this is James Wan doing it. There's been very little studio interference. And from what I've heard, there's been little, very little issues from what i heard. Um, you know, Jason Momoa is very charismatic. Patrick Wilson's a great actor. Willem Dafoe's in this. Tamara Morrison's in this. Amber Heard's in this. Nicole Kidman's in this. It's got all of these things to make it a great film. Mm. But they have so little control over where they're going that it just drags it down. Yeah. And it just exhausts you and you just get tired. And you just go... That's what I thought. That part of me thought that maybe it's both... With, it's, it's a Wednesday night and like... We put, we it started at like eight thirty, and we're both yeah. just knackered and just like oh, I can't be asked. But then I thought about myself. Actually, if we were going to see Infinity War and it started at eight thirty yeah. on a Wednesday, we wouldn't give a shit. We'd be flying. We'd be so happy. We did. Like, we still when we saw De- uh, Die Hard the other day. Yeah, that was eight o'clock. And we were fine. Yeah, like, and Jeremy, you know I and it's like, yeah. So it's it, it's not even that. It, if the film is good, like we'll go to a midnight showing of something like Avengers or yeah. or whatever on a weeknight. And you don't care. You're buzzing afterwards because you because you enjoyed yourself that yeah. much. And with this, it's just like it just drained me. It's just it's yeah. like it's just like it really oh, did. fucking hell. Like again, and yeah, there are moments and sequences that I enjoyed it on their own, but the sum is not does not the sum that is less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's uh, it's another one of those D- DC. Are like I think a lot of the movies you can say the same thing of. Um, yeah. less than some of their parts because there are individual yeah. actors and performances and sequences and that are fine in isolation but when you put mm-hmm. them together they don't seem to be able to string it together with one exception being Wonder Woman which is still the best yeah. by a mile it is definitely the best I mean I, that's not to say I still don't have you know that's like I still have a couple of reservations with Wonder Woman mm. but at the same time it was a really good film I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's definitely the best. Yeah, I watched it again a couple of weeks ago because I knew this was coming up and yeah. I knew the comparison would be there. And it is genuinely really good. Like yeah. It's like, there was a lot of hype around it, obviously. Um, but I think that's one that actually sort of deserves the praise for it. Like, not saying it's perfect, but any no. stretch of the imagination, no. but it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and again, because it's quite simple, because it's straight, there aren't that, if you compare it, again, comparing it to this, Wonder Woman is super stripped back. It's super, there yeah. aren't that many characters no. in it. There aren't that many plots or anything. It's one central story with one central character, and that's yeah. it. Whereas this has got half Aquaman. a dozen characters. Well, it's got Aquaman, and then it keeps cutting back to his brother. And then it keeps cutting back to like his yeah, and it just it's all over the place, isn't it? It's just all but yeah, over like the place. what you were saying, it like cuts through to it, yeah, it cuts through to his brother, and then it cuts, to, and then he's talking to another king who looks like a fish. And then it cuts through yeah, something played else. Played by Jimon Honsu, who's also going to be playing the wizard in yeah. Shazam. And then, like, and then they go to the trench, which is a cool sequence. And they were like, you could explore that, and that could be a whole movie. But no, you're just going to cram it into this little five minute bit. Yeah. And then move on to the next thing. Yeah. And just like, Ugh. but that's the th- it. It feels like two or three films compressed into one. Mm. And it feels like as long as two or three films. Yeah. And that's what disappointed me the most was that I thought we're going to get like a straightforward story where he's going to like he's going to get he's going to get the outfit he's going to get the trident he's going to be the rightful king but it might be like oh he's in charge and he doesn't know how to do it and heavy as the head wears the throne that could be the next one uh, heavy as the head wears a crown and that could be the next one and then there's the the hidden ocean 
which could be another one, another entire thing on its own. Yeah, but now they've done that. But they've done that. Yeah. And they've done Black Manta. Yep. And they've done the Ocean Master. And they've done the Trench. And they've done the Brine. And they've done... Um, the Fisherman. And then they've done... They've done everything. They've done the... Well, I don't know if the next thing, I guess, is that the world now knows Atlantis is there. Because there was that whole... Like, another bit that just got swept over was the point... There was a There was a cool point where... He picked up all the trash, all the all the like crap yeah, yeah, yeah. that had been thrown into the ocean, including warships and like pollution and all the rest of it, and threw it back at at the beaches all over the planet. Yeah, and there was this like you know sequence where we, you saw all the news footage of it. Yeah, saying this is something that's happening everywhere, and no one no one understands it. It's like it's not a natural phenomenon. What the fuck is this? And then they yeah. just forgot about it. And then there's Randall Park. Randall Park in it, yeah. Randall who, Park's going, who's like a conspiracy nut who thinks plays that... like an Atlantis truther, for the lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. And he's like, no, Atlantis is real. We've seen Aquaman. We've seen what he can do. And then this, this, and this, and this, and this, and then he's gone. Yeah. But that is a whole again, like that's a whole movie. Yeah, that's a whole movie. Like when, like, okay, people start. Does that mean that there's going to be start with military action against you? Are the surface people really coming? Because that is a really interesting point. Yeah, especially with this whole thing about the pollution. Yeah, like they, definitely. They they skimmed over it again, and it's something that Ocean Master said to him again. It's like, look, why are you siding with them and deciding that you're going to protect the surface people? They've been literally poisoning our children for yeah. decades, a hundred years, for over a hundred years, and they've just been they've like destroyed it, and there's showing like. Is an is an oil rig on fire? Here's like all the and it's all and which, it's like which really hit home for me because we live on an oil rig. We do, we do, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing. But it is just so but that again is quickly a, passed over. It's a powerful moment that could be used. This whole environmental debate that we've yeah, got at the moment—that's a huge thing. Like they should have cashed in on that. Like it, it's the perfect super. Like in a way, Aquaman could have been the perfect superhero for our times. Do you know what I mean? For it being yeah. about. You think about all the like plastic in the oceans being a big yeah. issue at the moment. Yeah. This is the perfect time to like hit that bit of the zeitgeist to use that wanky term, but well, yeah, um, it's, it's, a, it's an appropriate term. Um, and re- and really ca- sort of cash in on it. Yeah. Um, in a bit of a you know shitty way, I guess to cash in on something that is a, co- a genuinely good cause. But why not? Yeah. It's culturally relevant. It's culturally relevant. I mean, look at um, Black Panther. It was as good as it was because what it had to say about culture and race and all the rest of it yeah, was massively definitely. relevant. So there's no reason why these, these comic book movies can't get a little bit deeper. And that's another missed opportunity on this movie. So it's another point of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, it's, but that, and yeah, and like you say, it's just these... Going back to the... Um, you know, the schoolwork allegory is just could do better. Yeah. Good. Do but I wouldn't even say good. I'd say, um, yeah. But like I say parts of it either. were good. That's I wouldn't say I would, it was a bad film. No, neither would I either. That's the thing. Which That's is why point. I'm struggling with it. Yeah. And me, it's like, I can't say, but then at the same time, I wouldn't reckon, I wouldn't say, oh yeah, go see it. No. <laughs> I, I, my suggestion was, it would be for people is, if you're really, really, really interested, go and see it. But be prepared; it does feel really long. If you're if you're on the fence about whether you want to go or not, wait till it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah, basically is what I'd say. Yeah. If you're if you're curious and you want to see it, by all means, go and have a look. And you might get you might enjoy it more than we do. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Yeah. There's lots of mitigating factors. 
Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush out for it. No, don't. But yeah, I mean, there isn't really that much more for us to say on it, to be honest. Not I right mean, now, no. Not right now. No, I mean, it's a shame. Could do better. That's about it, really. Yeah. Any final comments from yourself regarding Aquaman? No, like I say, yeah, like lots of missed opportunities. Um, enjoy parts of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, which is what they good was what they do. Yeah, which is a shame. It is a shame. Um, so sort of to wrap up now, um, you know, we are despite the fact that we live on our rig, we are gonna be celebrating Christmas. Mm-hmm. So next week we're going to have a shorter episode, which is just going to be a movie review episode. Yeah. Uh, the Grand Roch, Grand Rewatch is going to officially start again in the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be releasing a couple of episodes. We've got our mystery episode next week, and then we've got a top five. Yeah. Which we're releasing, and then it's the new year. So in the meantime, follow us on all the socials. We're at the Omcast Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the Omcast Pod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's the email. Yeah. Feel free to, you know, let us know if you think we're wrong. If there's anything that you'd like to add or if you've been, you know, watching along with any of these. Mm. Don't feel like you can't comment on any of the Rocky films that we watched as well. Uh, if you've got any ideas that we could sort of with some upcoming yeah. rewatches. I mean, actually, telling you, there's a point. So we mentioned that we're going to do a top five of the year. Yeah. Email us in what's your top five of the year. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. Let us like it might there might be a movie that comes up a lot that we don't even think about or something that we've missed because we yeah. do go to cinema a lot, but we don't see everything. No. Um so yeah, by all if you've got your top five of the year, email the oncastpod at gmail.com and yeah. let us know. Um and we and we'll see if we we can discuss some of them on the show when we get to it. Um but yeah, that's um that's about it. The other thing, obviously, please try and rate us on iTunes. Yes. It's really important. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, know like, I keep saying it every week but it is really important we're going to continue to beg because a five star review is really 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 important and for a new podcast as we are I mean this is episode 10 yeah so um, yeah in this 10 week spell if you've listened to any of them and you think you know feel like giving us a review please give us a nice one it's really important helps with the algorithms helps us be able to be found mm-hmm. on there as well uh, and it keeps encouraging new people in. So go out, tell everyone how good it is. Uh, hopefully, if you think so. And if you don't, then just keep downloading it and listening to it because yeah. we'll probably get better at some point. <laughs> yeah, but um, any feedback is welcome. Um, like I say, we're new, but we're getting there. Um, yeah. We're very tired because Aquaman went on for <laughs> eight hours. So let's just wrap it up. I think we should wrap it up and call it there. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll right. see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. I move for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum's leadership. Oh, sit down sadly, Terence Stamp. <laughs> sit down sadly. <laughs> What are you going to do now? The near Ian McDormand is going to come after you. Look at that virile old man. Ah, uh, good old Ian McDermott. Yeah. A surprise, to be sure. But a happy one. Go. Do your thing. <laughs> you know, Terence Stamp was like, uh, sold that movie based on the premise that he was going to meet all these people and be really involved. Yeah. 
And then when he turned up on set, he was like, oh, where is where is everyone? Where's Natalie Portman? And somebody pointed at a tape, on the, like a cross of tape on the floor and went, that's Natalie Portman. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 